Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gridcoin Fireside here on the Gridcoin Discord server. Today we're going to be talking about life after the team requirement removal or life after Fern. Uh, thank you, Cher, for the title to this to this episode. Yes, I do believe in life after the team requirement removal. <laughs> Uh, so the Gridcoin Fireside is a uh, participatory podcast. It takes place every Friday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You're welcome to join us in the voice chat or the text chat and talk about all things Gridcoin. Uh, we'll talk about other science stuff, too, and and, uh, and and blockchain generals, if you want. Let us know. Uh, a hello to everyone in the chat here. A welcome back to our dear friend, Netflix, who's been away for, for what feels like years. Um, yeah, let's just get going, I guess. No, we're not talking about the Thunderdome, man. Do you not know Cher? Is it Sunny, Sunny and Cher? Do you believe in life after love? It's a really great... I'm sorry, that was horrible singing. It's a great illusion. Come on. I can tell Foxy is saying that they know about the song. I could tell, but they got embarrassed and decided not to. Uh, so, anyway. <laughs> so they were about to, but they got ninja'd. So for anyone catching up here on the news, we're going to be talking about Fern or the team requirement removal. Uh, Fern is the name of the milestone that is going to be a huge mandatory update that is basically an overhaul of the Gridcoin protocol from the ground up, basically. Uh, and that will also be removing the team requirement. Uh, we talked a bit about the team requirement last week. We talked about the history of it, why it was there, uh, why it didn't get removed for like four years and uh, why it's getting removed now. The short of it is we had to, we didn't like it, and now we have some talented folks removing it. Um, those those folks being uh, Jim Owens and Sai Sai, for the most part, other devs involved, Rayvon, iFogs, Broad, um, and I'm, I apologize if I'm forgetting anyone, but that's, that's the gist of it. Uh, so when this thing comes out, uh, we're still waiting for a hard date, but it's in testnet right now. It's in a private test net. The thinking is they're, they're, they're working through some bugs there. And, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why did you post it? <laughs> Netflix just posted a picture of Fern, and Fern is disgusting. But also, like, beautiful in her own way, you know? Uh, they would choose it because they're really creative developers, and it's brilliant. I love it, okay? For those uh, not aware, the developers choose uh, Muppets for the, uh, <laughs> the milestone names. Uh Wow, that completely derailed me. What were we talking about? What were we going to start talking about? Yeah, you're never going to unsee this, Foxy. You are never going to unsee this picture. Uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll just, I'm going to restart, I guess. Basically, what uh, what's going to happen here is the team requirement is going to be removed. All right, the, the testnet uh, uh, process. So they're going to be... Um, they're working on some bugs in the private test net, and then they're going to go to more public test net. Uh, and when that happens, we're going to need more people testing the protocol, uh, the update. And then after uh, everyone is um, confident that things are not likely to break once it goes to mainnet, then we'll set a date on mainnet. It'll be more a block height, but you can predict the date based on block space and et cetera. So uh, keep an eye out for that, and especially keep an eye out for a call for testers uh when that comes when the time comes so if and when this update gets pushed very likely to get pushed uncertain when still so, uh then we're gonna have to start looking at the future guys uh so what could that future look like that has a lot to do with what the greater vision of grid going is and for this we have to go back to the white paper of which there are two versions one is the public version one is the version on github that is uh still getting reworked um but basically 
is we have to answer the question, what is Gridcoin? What are we trying to do? Uh, and since no one here has a mic, you guys are welcome to answer in the chat. Uh, <laughs> although people are now derailed and talking about Sesame Street. Who knows why? Uh, but feel free. Otherwise, I'm just going to give my perspective. <laughs> and uh, anyone is welcome to come back next week and uh, come at me, bro. But Gridcoin is uh, trying to rework the decentral or the system of science and make it a decentralized system of science using a blockchain protocol as a base layer. Uh, blockchain protocol is something that uses economics and game theory to get people to do specific things. Um, that's it, really. So we want to make those specific things related to science. Uh, the first specific thing that we have done is get people to crunch Boink, uh, so contribute to a decentralized computing system. Um, and, and that's a really cool thing. So we use the incentive structure of our protocol to get people to crunch point. Part of the incentive goes to people screening the blockchain, and part of it goes to people contributing to this distributed computing network. Um, we can do so much more. That's just one aspect of a blockchain protocol, the incentive aspect. So we can use staking um, as a concept here. So uh people are familiar with staking and gridcoin because we use staking to secure the blockchain a proof of stake blockchain right well we could use staking to curate science we could use staking to uh give loans essentially to scientists we could to fund science we could uh use staking to vote to peer review uh we could use the staking concept of uh blockchain protocols to do a whole bunch of stuff it's uh there's a lot of discussions that have to get um that need to be had on that in that regard uh but basically what that would be doing is creating true utility for the coin uh and true utility is uh in the blockchain world is where you have to use the currency to interact with the blockchain so uh you have to use bitcoin in order to interface with the bitcoin ledger you have to use gridcoin in order to interface with the gridcoin ledger uh, if you had to use Gridcoin in order to get funded for your science project, well, that's a way. That's true utility. It's not like I can use Gridcoin to go buy uh, something. That's great. That's velocity. That's not really utility. Uh, so I'm thinking that after uh, it's massive update that makes uh, Gridcoin scalable in the future, we're going to start focusing on true utility. Uh, what can we build into the protocol that will uh, produce true utility for the coin? One of the uh, hard developments that uh, I think is expected to be sort of on the top of the priority list after um, Fern that creates true utility is something called manual rewards claims. Manual reward claims? Manual rewards claim? Manual rewards claims? I don't know how many S's are in that. If anyone knows, please let me know. Thing is, <laughs> we'll just call it MRC moving forward. <laughs> so, MRC. So, a little background on MRC here. So, currently, um, like I said, uh, we currently use the incentive mechanism of a blockchain protocol to reward people for contributing to uh, a distributed computing network called Boink uh, in order to get your GRC, which you've earned for contributing to Boink, which we will henceforth call Earned Research Rewards, or ERR, uh, in order to get your ER, uh, you have to stake a block. 
that is a technical requirement, essentially. You can't just get your GRC every day uh, and just have it sent to you. It's a transaction that needs to be written onto the Gridcoin ledger, uh, and that takes resources, and we have people who stake blocks write those transactions into the blockchain, specifically a super block. Um, well, hold on. This when you, when you create the super block, that was completely wrong. When you create the super block, you are uh, a CPID is, or a beacon is told how much GRC or, or block producers are told how much GRC a beacon is owed, and then when that beacon stakes a block, it gets the GRC that it is owed. Um, so that part is true. You have to stake a block to get your ERR. Um, so <laughs> MRC, er does sound like a seal, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> MRC uh, would be a mechanism that would be uh, developed that would get rid of that. So you could, well, it wouldn't get rid of it, but it would um, uh, stand beside it. It would supplement that. So you could still stake a block and get your ERR, uh, or you could claim your research rewards manually. Manual reward claims. Rewards claim MRC. Uh, so <laughs> the way this would function, and here is where the true utility comes in, uh, the way it's currently thought of, at least, is uh, there would be a button in the wallet, and you would click the button, and you would claim your MRC in the next block. Uh, that part could be changed a little bit, could be tweaked. You know, the part that's like, which block do you claim it in? Do you claim it in the next block? Do you claim it in the next super block? Do we make a special block for it? You know, that's technical, but the essential concept is you would click a button, and you would get your MRC shortly thereafter, or you would get your ERR shortly uh, after clicking the button. Uh, in order to do this, you would have to pay a fee in GRC. It was a client, the, the ledger would not accept Bitcoin for this action. You would have to use GRC to perform this action. Uh, of course, it would be a small fee, just like when you send any transaction across any blockchain, generally speaking, the fee is very, very small, but it's still a fee in that native currency. That's a true utility because there are a lot of people out there who don't have... Um, enough GRC to stake a block. So they're in the staking pools. And when you're in a staking pool, there are some drawbacks to it. Essentially, you're not as free as when you're a solo miner. Uh, so people are going to want to use the MRC function, um, and they will. Uh, it will free people up. And the, the MRC fee will probably be a sliding scale, similar to transaction fees. Uh, so as more people use uh, the MRC button, the more expensive it will be to continue using the MRC button. Uh, so I might click it and it costs me one GRC. It's going to be much less than one GRC, but these are simple numbers. I might click it and it'll cost one GRC. You know what? I'm going to walk that back. I shouldn't say it's going to be less than one GRC. It will probably be less, but you have to work out the economics behind it. But the uh, <laughs> I click it and it costs one GRC. Then Netflix clicks it and it costs 1.1 GRC. And then Foxy clicks it and it costs 1.2 GRC because we're clicking it very quickly, one after the other. And then no one clicks it for a day and the fee reduces back down to one GRC. And then SciSci clicks it and it costs one GRC. And then Ace clicks it right afterwards and it costs 1.1 GRC. And you just repeat that process. So it's a sliding scale. The more people that click it, Within a certain time frame, the more expensive it gets. And then there's a decay function where uh, if there's less utility on that button, then the fee decreases. So uh, that's basically how transaction fees work. Uh, but that produces a 
very nice utility for Gridcoin. If you want to have the freedom of being a solo miner without having to stake a block to get your ERR, you must pay a small fee to get your transact, to get your, your rewards in a, uh, the time frame that you would like. You can still join a mining pool or a staking pool, or you could still stake a block. Uh, but those people who want to use GRC in this way are now able to. I think that's going to be one of the first things that gets done uh, after Fern. So one of the first things to look forward to in life after uh, the team requirement removal. Uh, and that's a technical aspect. Um, uh, the One of the non-technical aspects we already talked about is sort of the, the um, the vision boarding that's going to occur. What are the long-term things we're going to think about? How else are we going to create utility? How else are we going to uh, change the way that science operates, the current system of science operates, um, by building true utility, not just by creating a way to buy and sell the coins? Um, on a non-technical level as well, I think there's going to be a, more, a greater push um, for... Uh, marketing and for community outreach and for getting on more exchanges um and sort of you know th this fern update really gives us feet to stand on that we did not have beforehand and it's gonna let us do a lot more of that stuff without trying to like explain that we're gonna fix things don't worry about it you know if you go to any serious person and say hey i've got this thing we're, we're it sort of works. There's a lot of flaws with it. Uh, and there's this thing called the team requirement that really holds it back. Um, but we're going to fix it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's not a great uh, sales pitch, right? So if we have like an actual thing that scales reasonably well into the foreseeable future uh, and also opens the door up to um, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of users, uh, then it's going to be a little easier to sell. It's going to be a little easier to at least have a discussion with people. Um, so I'm personally looking forward to helping out with that a lot. Um, uh, yeah, Sai Sai says that the proposed fee scaling in this time for MRC is based on the time since last claim. Uh, so if you press the button, uh, oh, that's on a personal level. So very, very, this gets into the discussion that is going to be had once Fern comes out. Yeah. Uh, so he brings up the point that you still want to incentivize people for uh, to stake. Uh, I am personally of the opinion that I don't I don't care that people are going to stake to secure the blockchain because of the staking rewards and because of uh, blockchain economics. No no other reason. You don't need to. You, why would any other proof of stake coin continue to exist when they don't have a second incentive? Like it, they still exist. They're fine without a second incentive making people want to stake. Um, in fact, if we create the MRC fee. And if we create it in a way that goes to stake stakers, more people are going to want to stake because they're getting paid more because people are injecting transactions in the blockchain. So MRC also has some added effects where we increase the the ledger use uh, the ledger use. Yeah. So that's a pretty cool metric to be able to uh, show off uh, and to be able to track. Like, all right, there's a lot of people claiming rewards. They're using our blockchain to claim rewards. How cool is that? You can use that to go sell stuff as well. Um, but the, a lot of the technical stuff is going to be a discussion after Fern actually comes out. Uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, having a discussion on this specifically with SciSci, because I think we have differing opinions here. So, uh, But this is a really interesting aspect. We're going to be talking about economics and incentives and all this stuff. So if you are wanting to take place on and take part in that discussion, jump in the community, 
is going to be probably one of the first topics uh, after Fern gets released. Um, yep, Robotic Mind brings up a point about once the team requirement is removed on a, a sort of a non-tactical part. He says it's going to open up people from Boeing who want to crunch on a small team without having to buy Gridcoin or go to the pool and all that stuff. It's just going to open us up to so many more Boeing users. I completely agree because there's a lot of people who are like, first of all, on a personal level, like you have the option to get GRC, to get a little cash for crunching. Why don't you want to do that? <laughs> a lot of people don't like the team poaching aspect of Gridcoin and the way we were um, sort of presented ourselves in the past. Uh, and when the team requirement is gone, it's going to be much easier to sort of get rid of that uh, um, mindset. And then a lot of people don't want to leave their Boink team or they don't want to be forced to join GRC, just the actual physical team poaching aspect of it. So now that argument will be gone. Uh, right, Netflix also points out you'll need a starting balance for MRC, but a small one. That's something you can get by contributing to the community. Someone gives you a tip or even one of the faucets. It's going to be such a small one, probably. Um, yeah, good points. Yeah. <laughs> Robotic mind comes back. It's not going to be like 5,000 or 10,000 GRC where uh, that's what's recommended if you want to go solo or something. Yeah, probably something like one or two GRC. Uh, oh, we're probably also going to start talking more about voting mechanisms and sort of like all the stuff that has been in the community for a long time. Um, th those sort of discussions like uh, the MRC distribution, or not the MRC distribution, the uh, the um, the GRC distribution between stakers and crunchers, the voting weight, the vote weight, sort of that, um, I don't want to say, the, the simple stuff, like that, that's just changing some math in the protocol. Uh, we'll probably talk about that and do some some sort of just like tweaking on the, the, the ground floor uh, that has been put off because Fern is like a huge rewrite of everything. So why are we going to tweak the math stuff if we're going to have to change it on a functional level on a foundational level just to get the fern update out uh oh another thing that i think we'll be looking uh forward to in terms of a discussion is uh rewarding for multiple platforms so a way to think about this is rewarding for uh folding at home and uh there's been some minor sort of exploration into the concept and there are already challenges that have come up but people really like the idea and it makes sense from a grid coin perspective like we're not a boink coin we're a grid coin we like i i think and this is part of the vision seeking we're gonna have to do um i think we are a coin that is meant to reward for distributing computing period not just boink uh and if that is the case then you know let's look into folding at home and when we do that a lot of economic stuff is going to come into play so we're going to have a lot of economics discussions after fern gets released um what is what is the future of inflation moving forward? Uh, how what is the future of funding development moving forward? What is the future of the um, of the the um, foundation purse moving forward? How are we going to want to fund this stuff? Basically, Fern is giving us such strong legs to stand on that we're going to be able to deal with a lot of the issues that have been discussed for several years now, but uh, not necessarily uh, uh, approached. Um, what else? What else? On a personal level, I'm looking forward to having more conversations with the Boink folks uh, because we're going to be opening ourselves up to so many more Boink users. And I, I want to get us out into that community more, but I don't want it to be a repeat of last time. <laughs> I want it to be respectful. Uh, I want to see intent behind it instead of just like running on forums and trying to get people on the gridcoin team because we're so excited about how cool gridcoin and blockchain and cryptocurrencies are 
I'm describing what happened last time right now. Uh, like we, we should go out and respect that people are going to disagree and uh, not think that we are right the entire time and that our perspective is the one perspective sort of stuff. Uh, we should have discussions and thoughtful discussions about what it means, what cryptocurrency means for the distributed computing space. So there was actually a, uh, a publication that came out with uh, Springer. It's called A Review of Distributed Supercomputing Platforms Using Blockchain. So I, I'm, I just, uh, sort of, we, we have now with Fern, we're going to have a technical uh, footing to stand on. Uh, we're no longer going to be team poaching. We're going to have uh, development over the course of five, seven, seven years at this point, uh, and steady development over the course of several years by several steady contributors who have sort of elevated the coin pretty uh, intensely. Um, and we're going to have this sort of stuff, uh, this writing saying, look, this thing is happening. Distributed computing using blockchains is happening. So we can have this conversation. And when people are like, Oh, cryptocurrency, it's all a pyramid scam, it's all this all this nonsense. Um, well, respect that that's their opinion and and point them to this sort of stuff. Real studies done by this. You know, Gridcoin was mentioned in uh I think it was New Science way back when, uh 2014 or 15 about it in this community, and no one brought it up in any of discussions with Boink. Uh that's the stuff that should be used, like as evidence that guys this is happening whether you like it or not. Do you want to be part of the discussion or not? And then this paper itself, I say this all the time, like it's happening whether you like it or not because there's like several dozen projects working on it. And there are several dozen projects. Some of them are nationally funded by Canada. Some of them are nationally funded by China. Some of them are nationally funded by the US. So like bring them up. And the fact that this paper brings them up and Gridcoin is right there is a great example. Gridcoin is not happening whether you like it or not. I hope it is. Well, that is up to us. Distributed computing with blockchains and cryptocurrencies is happening no matter what. It just makes sense. Like there's no reason it will not happen um, besides the technological apocalypse, right? Which we all know is coming. Come on, let's get with it. <laughs> no, but this paper brings up Gridcoin with the likes of Golan, Sun M, and RLC or iExec. And I think RLC is the Chinese funded one. Uh, Golem is an ICO. Sun M is a company which I thought had failed, um, but I guess not. Or maybe, I don't know, I haven't read it. So maybe they say that it failed in this thing, <laughs> uh, but maybe it hasn't failed. And then Gridcoin is, uh, we all know what Gridcoin is. So that's what I mean by different from last time. Have a serious discussion, respecting different sides of the coin, haha, and uh, bringing actual literature into it. Uh, so I, I hope that's going to happen in life after Fern. Uh, other tech stuff that might happen after Fern. Uh, wiki updates yeah focus on documentation and stuff like that uh that would be awesome uh i would expect dot world to uh be completed around the same time as uh the fern update is scheduled uh for release uh yes golem was an ico they were an erc20 token but they're doing almost the same thing i mean this is what i'm saying this is what we need to talk about after fern we can start talking about now like what is gridcoin doing that's different from golem golem is doing an erc20 token for incentivized blockchain or incentivized distributed computing it is built on a platform that is specifically built for what it's doing gridcoin's its own blockchain if that's all we're going to do an erc20 token makes a lot more sense they're going to win so what is gridcoin going to do that's different how are we going to use a blockchain to stand out uh 
And one of the ways that we can stand out is something like MRC, something where we uh, develop a use for a blockchain, peer review, article publishing, um, uh, accreditation uh, for science, stuff like that. Um, so that's the discussion we're going to have to have. Not having to pay Ethereum gas fees. Well, we're going to have to pay GRC transaction fees. They're very similar. Uh, but we, we're going to have to, um, in a phrase, justify our existence in our form. Uh, because to, to try to justify a reward token having its own blockchain is very difficult. Uh, you need to have a reason to have your own blockchain. Uh, other technical stuff that I've seen discussed over the past years that might come after Fur. Hmm. Yeah, nothing comes to mind. Uh, GUI. I want to say the GUI is going to fly off the shelf once the Fern update is done. The problem is that the GUI, the assets are completed, and that bounty, 500,000 GRC, has been out for a long time, and no one's bitten. So it it's hard to say what's going to happen with the GUI. Uh, and so much has changed since that came out. Um, I think it's it's even more difficult to say. I would love to see a GUI updates. I mean, the Jim works on uh, GUI updates occasionally, but um, the the complete rewrite rewrite of the GUI from the ground up is going to take someone who specifically wants to focus on that for a long time. It's a lot of work. Uh, so it is a lot of work. Um, it's not as difficult to work as as uh, Fern has been, but it's God no. It's uh, it's broad, meaning that it's just a lot of work. And there are some architectural gotchas if you're not careful with it. We want to decouple the front end from the back end so that we can have a uh, uh, the ability to run a GUI remote from the core, which can't really be done today. And uh, that requires quite a bit of work to to firm up a application programming interface between the core and the and the uh, GUI. And that that's 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 pretty hefty. Along with you know crafting all the you know getting those assets real and not just being a pr pretty PowerPoint presentation. So I think you know it's a pretty hefty hefty job. And uh, so far we've seen a you know a little bit of interest, but no one really serious as far as I can tell, which yeah. is unfortunate. I'd like to I'd like to see it done because you know I have been making GUI improvements, but I view a lot of that as throwaway because uh, you know it's all going to get replaced when we redo the GUI. So, but some of it we have to do because the you know, some parts of the coin are really just in bad shape from a usability perspective. And so we really can't wait on the GUI rewrite to do them. They have to be done now. And to, to add a, a bit of perspective here. So all of this stuff that we're talking about is very much tied together. So we need Fern because Fern is a good technical footing from which we can move forward. With Fern, we can go out and sort of advertise our stuff a little a little more and and get out there and start experimenting with some really interesting stuff with a solid footing. When we're doing that, we're showing Gridcoin off to different people who come in and look at the coin and are like, oh, this is more than just a cool idea. There's actually some tech here. Uh, and then they stick around. Uh, with Fern, I, I mentioned that we're going to have to figure out how we want to fund development moving forward. Um, I haven't mentioned yet, but I will right now. I personally think that whales should be giving essentially ownership of the coin to Jim and SciSci. Uh, which means they would have to donate a significant portion. I hope they do. But we still have that uh, the Gridcoin Foundation um, where we have a bunch of GRC. We have to figure out how to use it. And if we can do that with tech footing while also going out and advertising the coin, we can get more people in who are wanting to contribute, but they also want a little money in return. 
Uh, okay, great. We're also talking to the Boink community more and other distributed computing communities more. We're getting in and getting our name out there. We're getting ourselves in more papers and getting people to write about us more. So we're getting more attention through that as well. While doing this, we might pick up someone who wants to work on the GUI. They see that we've looked into it in the past. We've got someone who can design like a madman and well, ha, like a Mad Max. And uh, he comes, so they come in like, okay, I'll work with this designer and we'll, we'll, we'll get the GUI up and going. Here's how much I want, uh, blah, blah, blah. So we get all that going. All of this is very much connected. Uh, and, and they see MRC, so we're thinking in the future, they see uh, us trying to integrate with other platforms, whether or not it actually happens. We're having that discussion. Uh, they see us talking about long-term goals, um, uh, about how we want to affect the, the system of science, which is, again, this is just personally what I think we should be looking into. How do we use our blockchain to become the science coin, not just the distributed computing coin? We can use that as our base, but how do we become the science blockchain? Um, that, that would bring in a lot of interest from outside people who, who see the scientific system and the educational system is severely flawed and are now seeing that a severely flawed system cannot survive much longer in the current climate, uh, and, and they want to make a change. Well, we can present ourselves as that change. So it again, it's all connected, and we're going to uh, to need to do it, and it's a lot of work. So come on in, get involved. There's a lot of people here in the chat. Uh, beyond just the tech side, we're going to need more developers, sure. We're going to need someone to do the GOI, sure. We're going to need people who just think about this stuff and want to talk about it and, and play devil's advocates a lot. Netflix, looking at you, buddy. <laughs> we're going to need uh, uh, people who want to go out and talk about it. Devil's advocate. You love to play devil's advocate. Come on. Yeah. If we're going right. to make technical progress on this corn coin, we're going to have to have more than two essentially part-time core devs working on it. It's just uh, the firm release just about killed me in SciSci. And, uh, you know, because we've, we've got this and we've got our normal day job responsibilities. And, you know, uh, I don't know whether you guys look, but we're like right below Ethereum lately in terms of the velocity of commits to the, to the development branch, uh, which is, you know, a significant level of activity. And it's, it's hard to maintain that with just two people. So what, what I'm saying is we, we got to take that, that beautiful thing and show it off to people. So we want to, after Fern, at least what I'm thinking is we want to take, you guys stop, right? You, you do your fun stuff. <laughs> then the rest of us have to go out and bring more people into the community and say, basically, I mean, the, the, the devs from before you guys helped tremendously pushing us forward but basically we had two developers rewrite the coin and it scales well and it can move forward look at this shit that we've done come help us build it and build it out here is what we're building and building out here is the community we have to offer to you here's the the grc we have in reserve ready for you if you help uh we can use it to get you into the network and build a network effect off of that like uh i mean they're still around uh Ravon and iFogs and, and Broad is still around. He's working on Boink stuff more, but uh, this Fern update was mostly Jim and SciSci, and Jim will correct me if I'm wrong there, I'm sure. No, that's but, right, yeah. yeah. With a smattering of contributions from others, I mean, you know, they're, they're, we have had some people chip in, which is really nice, uh, and I have, I've seen some new faces uh, putting up pull requests lately. It's really nice to see. Um, you know, I'd like to see a larger group of folks do it. And, and, you know, part of the challenge is that core C++ work is hardcore, right? It's, it's tough code. Uh, it's a lot of, a lot of complexity. So it's hard to get into if you haven't really gotten into it. Uh, but 
it's also uh, rewarding too to do some of that work and you get to see the fruits of your labor right it's not like a lot of you know stuff you do at a job where you produce something and it sort of goes in the void and you have no idea right this this you get to see it so it's, it's got it's got rewards uh, that are not just monetary pretty neat we could find si- or aliens though like that would be a pretty cool <laughs> Well, the alien search kind of gave up the ghost after 20 years, but uh, we got lots of other projects doing a lot of cool things. And look, I like the idea of expanding um, uh, beyond Boink. I, I'd really like to be able to do any type of distributed computing. And it may, some of the ideas we've talked about to get to fold, to fold in folding at home, not to... Um, nice. To, <laughs> that took a second to catch. <laughs> yeah, is to... Uh, nice. Is, is to really, uh, we may have to to develop various adapters so we take a layered approach to uh, absorbing other types of statistic systems, uh, which is not too far off what enterprises do to adapt systems to, you know, allow systems that have different standards to talk to each other. So I think think we're going to have to take that approach here. And, uh, you know, I think we could successfully extend the grid coin to uh, just about any distributed computing environment as long as you can have a reasonable degree of trust that there's that there's a uh, they're properly evaluating the work submitted and and properly granting credit to people. Right. Whatever those units are. We still can't get over the fact that we can't truly verify all directly all the scientific work that's done. Uh, that's just the nature of the way distributed generalized distributed computing problems are. Right. We're not. We're not just computing hashes here. People are doing real scientific work, and the only uh, entities that are actually qualified to evaluate whether the, that scientific work is good or not is are the projects that sponsor. But you know, we have lots. We have lots of projects. I think if I last t- count the whitelist, was I think there are eighteen projects, and there how many? How many J Ringo are there across the whole blank environment? It's like 50, 50 uh, I think projects it's total. Thirty, right? thirty some odd. I think it's like thirty-seven ish. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's not like we have any shortage of. Uh, of, of things and i think i think by the way if is distributed computing gains steam uh i think there'll be more and then you know the the, the another crossroad where i think we're going to have to discuss again is you know what do we do about um commercial or quasi-scientific distributed computing right where's the line get drawn in terms of uh what we think should be uh, supported by the coin Cause yep that's part of the uh the the sort of vision boarding that we're gonna have to the the yep. what's there's a better word for them like self-seeking like some fluffy term um i always use visioning, visioning at my office but you know it's uh, i'm gonna go with soul seeking we're yep. gonna <laughs> find ourselves you know we're just gonna go wander through the woods maybe there's gonna be a willow somewhere we're just gonna sit under it we're gonna drink some tea that we somehow have out yep. there in the woods soul searching yeah <laughs> So it gets, it gets murky. Distributed computing is there's all forms of it, right? And you know, there's everything from commercial compute clusters to captive clusters to truly scientific things that are going on. So you you know you have to make some decisions about how far we go. Um, we've had those discussions in the past in a narrow form in terms of what does whitelisting mean, right? And what are the values that you know that we use to that eventually, of course, ended up being encoded in the whitelisting rules, right? What is it? How do we whitelist a project? Uh, yeah. But, you know, eventually that's going to have to get a little bit more generalized, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet uh, stuff. I wanted to say something about the um, bringing in developers. So uh, I disagree with what, uh, with your suggestion, Jay Ringo. I, th- I think a much, because uh, we, we, we've talked about doing that uh, before. Right, we've been talking about about that for a while, and I, I think. Oh, can uh, you uh, hold, can you restate what my suggestion was? 
Yeah, oh, I don't know what oh, agreeing with. <laughs> oh, okay, you sorry. don't want to take tea under a willow tree in the forest? Yeah, Come sorry, on. no, I didn't. I didn't want to interrupt earlier, so I I uh, I, I waited a bit. Uh, you know, so your suggestion was to uh, try to uh, encourage people from outside the community to join us um, and show like show off how cool our coin is, and you know, encourage them to 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 join us basically and contribute. Um, and uh, I mean, I won't. I I mean, I won't go into why I think that's not necessarily the best idea. Uh, but I would uh, like to suggest an alternative, which is to let's say like I think I think the term in like uh, corporate culture is like promote from within. So there's um, there are a lot of people here uh, that probably would like to contribute to the coin, um, but they actually don't know how to program C I actually finished the course in April, but I've been just been so absolutely busy I haven't been able to do it yet. Uh, but I'm but I am planning to. Um, but yeah, I finished the course and, uh, based on what I've seen, there's a pretty realistic possibility that we can, uh, find people within the community who have, who are good enough, who are like, who, who have the skill set to become programmers. Uh, and we can probably even pay for online courses, which I've taken, they're not that expensive. We could even pay for their online courses to learn C and C++. Yeah. Maybe like a few hundred, like a hundred dollars, maybe $200 maximum. Uh, and then encourage them to, since they're already in the community, they're already passionate about this and then encourage them to contribute. Yeah. I, I, I'll respond to that. I, I think I agree in part and disagree in part. Um, I think that it depends upon what area of the code you're working in, right? So there are aspects about the, the coin, especially, you know, if we get can get the new GUI spun up that should be fairly um, straightforward for a relatively new programmer developers, if you will, to work on. And then there are areas of the code that involve core protocol work, uh, you know, uh, security work that are extremely tricky and require a significant amount of knowledge, not just across this coin, but also, quite frankly, preferably across experience with other coins that are similar to ours and, and folks that have a, are pretty well read about the issues in cryptocurrency in general. So I think that, you know, um, uh, in fact, it, you know, I, I, I don't really like the fact that the core team, at least the active core team, is just down to two. We really need more. And I would prefer to have people that have ex some, some direct development experience with other coins so that they can bring those experiences in here. Because, you know, you don't want to repeat mistakes in core protocol development that other coins have gone through and learned from it. It's uh, not always obvious what those are, because you can't always tell from the pull requests on other coins, even though you can do the research, you know, what, what experiences the coins have encountered. So I think, I think, I think it depends, it depends upon the area of the, of the uh, program pro, of the code that you're working on. And another thing I, I just see what robotic mind brought up, you know, there's other areas too, that really need a lot of elbow grease, like documentation. I know robotic, robotic mind's been working on documentation quite a bit lately, trying to get that straight, at least to get a temporary thing in place until we can get the worldwide website a square away and we'll probably just adapt that to the worldwide website when we get it done but you know there's there's all manner of different things that surround core code development that i think uh are ripe for contribution so there's no shortage of stuff for people to work on and and i and, and, and as far as that's concerned i think i you know it'd be great if if the existing community which is well established uh, could chip in on that so um, those are my comments on that. Uh, so those those are some really good points uh, I didn't consider. Um, uh, so what I would say 
in response to that is uh so yeah definitely that's a very that's a very good like you're you're absolutely right in that in that case we definitely need people who are experienced enough uh to do some of the more to work on some of the more sensitive areas of the code base um i'll just give you an example to to get some of this core work done in fern that sci and i have done uh i feel like it's taken 10 years off my life right (laughs) oh no yeah, I, it's just it's just hard work. I mean, I I don't know any other way to describe it. It's the code is difficult, and uh, because you're not remember you're not programming just a, a an independent application. You're programming an application that has to interoperate with other nodes and achieve consensus. And you have to figure out how to test that. And testing is very difficult when you don't have a network. Some code you can't even test until you put it on testnet. Right, which is you know we're doing that private test net right now with Fern in the early stages of testing. So it's it's uh, it's just difficult work, um, and uh, it's tough for someone that's just learning a language to jump in to that with cold feet with, with two feet first. But I mean, look, there's all sorts of areas that are not like that that are very straightforward and uh, and can be done very easily by folks that you know don't have that much experience uh, to do it. So I chalk is it's a mixed bag. But you know, here's the thing. The core devs uh, are very experienced on what areas of the code are tricky and difficult and what areas are not. And the best thing to do is just ask, you know, if, if someone go look at the issues list out there, we, 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 we've been knocking issues down right and left lately. We're down below 100, but we still have 90 something issues. There's plenty of low hanging fruit to work on. And, uh, and there are things that we need to do, ideas, put them up, make an issue out of an idea and bring it up and we'll discuss it. And you know what? If it's an ideal area to have someone um, to do it, uh, you know, that's great. And, and by the way, if, you know, uh, a lot of people, it, it's not really, I uh, just brought this up, it's not really about the language. If you know C Sharp, or you know other types of C similar like languages, you know, C++ is, is not that difficult. It's really more about learning this, this area of this, you know, blockchain as done in C++. I'm going to add to that too. It, it, it's also um, learning open source. A lot of people are coming from uh, closed, source. yeah, a different type of work environment, and it's it can be pretty difficult. It can be pretty jarring for the new people that Chocolate's talking about. I agree with everything you're saying. For the tertiary yeah. stuff, that's great. For the core stuff, it's really up to the core team already. Because when you're in an open source team like this at a core level, you're kind of pretty close. You're pretty tight. So yeah. you. You want people who are familiar with that. So a lot of people are going to be coming in from different work environments, and and but so so that's the point of going to the blockchain community that already exists and be like, hey, come check out our coin. This is pretty cool. Like I get PMs occasionally that are like, hey, I'm a developer. I've worked on this coin, that coin. Here's my repo. Uh, here or here's uh, the repos I've contributed to, and it's like they ask for money. And it's like, I want to be able to say, okay, here is how much GRC we have. Here is how long it will take you to get to a point where you can ask for GRC compensation. Uh, here's the core team. I can do that part right now. Go talk to them. Uh, but also, I want to be able to say, here is our coin. Here's what we want to do. Can you help with any of this specifically sort of stuff? So that's the soul searching we got to do and all all that sort of stuff. So it's I like where you're coming from, Chocolate. It's a little... Uh, it's difficult to actually do that, right? So let me let me uh, let me continue what I was what I was saying when I was applying to Jim. Um, right. So I totally agree about when it comes to the experience, uh, the the more difficult sections of the code. But the benefit of investing in our community right now is that we, you know, if it, you know, let's let's say we had started this process two years ago, we could have probably gotten people fluent in C plus plus 
probably after a year. And at this point, we'd have people who had been programming for a year. And yet, and what having like an army of like you know ten people who know how to program C plus plus who can work on this or that in their spare time that adds up, uh, you know, to a lot um, uh, over a long period of time. Um, another thing I wanted to say was that uh, I noticed, I think it was Call Me Foxy says they know, um, they know uh, C++, but they don't know any of the blockchain stuff, right? So I just want to make clear about these courses I took online. I used a, a, a MOOC website called Coursera. Um, I learned C. I took a course in C. I took a course in C++ and I took a course in uh, uh, Linux and open source uh, and they actually, they were, they did, they covered open source uh, programming there as well, yeah. open source communities and so on. Yeah. So well, a lot of this stuff is already online. Uh, yeah, a lot of it's just, I mean, all of our stuff, of course, is done around Git and GitHub, right? Which is just a nice web platform for hosting Git repositories with some extra features, some really nice features. But, uh, you know, if you, a lot of open source is about knowing how to do, you know, manage commits, knowing how to manage branches, knowing how to, interoperate with other people that have different branches, what a pull request is, how to do pull requests, all those sorts of things, right? Which is really all the administration around coding, not necessarily coding itself, right? Well, well, they and covered that, all that in that, in that particular- I know, way. I know, that's, what, that, that's good training. It's important to, because a lot of people think, oh, well, I'll go learn to program in a language. Well, that's only the first part of it. <laughs> you have to be able to publish your results and get in such a way that people can approve of it and merge it. Right. And, you know, you have to manage your coding, you know, and by the way, when when projects move fast, you're coding against a moving target. So, you know, you'll you'll generate a pull request and it'll start to become out of date and you have to rebase it when you get ready to publish it. Right. Because the code's moved on while you've been working on it. So these are the types of things that you uh, that you really have to work through when you're when you're getting into this for real, um, you know, and, and but those are things that they're courses that uh, I like talk as you're talking about that are available today that you can go look at. It, it, go, go take those and they'll give you good uh, good strategies on how to do that stuff. Yeah, I also should have mentioned those courses are on your own time. So they're not like, you don't, there are no deadlines. You can just, there, there are assignments, you get a certificate, but you can like, you can submit them whenever you want, basically. Um, so yeah. that's the benefit of them. And, and so that's why I'm suggesting like, you know, in the meantime, while we're still trying to like build up a, a you know, uh, uh, get more core developers, we might want to start like looking within the community, like who might be interested in this. Okay, like, hey, listen, this might take you, you know, uh, six months to a year in your spare time, but you know, at the end of it, you'll know C++ uh, and you know, uh, open source, uh, you know, communities and so on, and you can start contributing to this coin. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, it, it, that's beneficial, even if they don't get, end up like doing stuff with Gridcoin. And it would cost us very little, well, very, very, very little compared to what we have in our foundation. Like it, it would literally be pennies comparison, and it might, yeah. it might be very, very fruitful. Um, yeah. And so that's what, that's why I'm thinking, like, you know, if, if to, to build up. I mean, like, here's the question. I mean, Jim and I say you can. I just got a phone call. You get robot, robot, robotic, and I got to jump off too. I got a business call I'm gonna make. But... Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I'll just I'll finish real quick. I just got like a a, a random call in the middle of it. Um, so what I was trying to say was that um, I was gonna ask Jim and Sai, how much of the stuff that you guys have been working on was stuff that wasn't very advanced and that like could theoretically have been done by someone who has like basic competency in C plus plus. You mean you mean in Fern? Uh, yeah. Uh, 
Not very much, actually. Maybe fifteen percent. There, there were odds and ends, you know. That that was not the answer I was hoping for. Yeah, <laughs> but but look, but look, Fern is a little bit. I mean, I I think that's a little bit of a misnomer, right? Fern Fern is is paying our technical debt to fix a lot of things that we need to fix, and so it it, it is unusually intense in that it had you know essentially we rewrote the entire Gridcoin core in its. It, we rewrote it in its entirety on top of the original port from Bitcoin, Purecoin, Blackcoin. So it's it's in, incredibly intense. Uh, there's not going to be another release like that anytime soon. And so uh, if there is, I'll die. And I think SciSide will too. There's just no way to do it. Uh, this is, but we had to do it. And uh, we got it done and, you know, we're in testing. We'll get it out the door and we're going to be all the better off for it. But the, the typical type of release, even is, even a mandatory, is not at this level of intensity. And there are always things. I would say a typical release, 30% of a typical release is typically, 30 to 40% of a typical release is stuff that could be done by a relatively junior developer. As long as they have the right, as long as they're careful and they have the right mentoring and guidance, right? And then probably 10% of it could be done by a brand new, by a newbie. That makes sense. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so that so that's why I'm saying like maybe I mean I, I maybe I'll post. I mean, here's a quick. Well, we'd have to put up to put it to a poll. I mean, what I, what do people here think about like just like the general idea of like okay, so those courses cost fifty bucks a month, and you can sign up for like a year for four hundred bucks and have unlimited access to like thousands of courses. Like like just like an informal poll. Like, would people think that that would be like a good investment? on the part of the community in terms of Bitcoin, like covering 50 bucks a month for a course in I think you C, have C++ look, and so on. I think you have to look at the return. I would probably say no, because the return isn't going to come for six to 12 months versus a return we could get in probably three months when we're not even using GRC to pay for our current core developers. We're going to take a huge risk on someone just starting coding to jump in and uh, train them for 12 months. I think is a good idea. I don't think we're there. Uh, I think if there's someone who we want to introduce to Gridcoin specifically from the blockchain space, I think we could pay them for a training period. But the return 12 months out versus just going out to people already know how to code blockchain and convincing them that our chain is great, many of whom already love science anyway. So really the convincing isn't that difficult with a good technical <laughs> uh, footwork foundation and uh some good metrics. So I, I think the return is a little weaker than the alternative Yeah. Uh, for now. I think in the long term, building a network that funds people to learn coding is fucking brilliant. Uh, I think so too. I think it's a different stage of our development and we're just not there yet. And right now I, we're, at, we're at a place where we need uh, some more experienced resources that you know we can get interested in Gridcoin. And I think we can do that. I think, I think we can build some excitement around Gridcoin again. Uh, I think we'll pull some 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 more people in, and maybe pull some people back in that sort of have gone to the right side, which I'd really like to see. I mean, we've got some some great developers that are hanging around; they're just not really uh, active at them. And having this stuff, having the firm footing, be like the hard work is done. The seriously life shortening work is done. Come help us build the new stuff. We fixed everything that needed to be fixed. Well, I don't have it much hair anyway, and the little bit of hair that you <laughs> have left either fell out or turned gray. So there you go. I'm sorry, you man. And to what Robotic Mind says in the chat here, like, have we ever, has Gridcoin ever thought about uh, posting on Hacker News? Yes, but with what? Like, we haven't had a product yeah. to be proud of, really. And now we do. Now, like, before it was kind of like an experiment. It was uh, uh, Rob's baby. Like this is a, an interesting idea, a good concept. And now it's like, oh, oh shit, this thing could actually work. It could uh, it could work pretty well. 
we know the challenges long-term about scaling and all this stuff, but then we also know there are potential solutions and the challenges are sort of related to other blockchains that are working on similar issues. So maybe one of them is going to come up with a solution we can port over. Yep. So, so now that we have stuff that we can bring to Hacker News, like this article, for example, it's going to be easier to go to Hacker News and have a serious discussion with them. And, yep. and also to something in the chat here, Sharknado says uh, just now for the economics. And I think he's absolutely right. So part of the soul searching is going to be figuring out the economics of the coin on a, a more sustainable uh, level. When we did CBR, we did the patchwork, right? To, to fix the economics and get stuff going right. And now we want to think about uh, building something on top of that foundation. That's exactly right. I got to drop off, but it's a very, there's a very good discussion, uh, Jay Ringo, on on this. It's uh, you know, look, it's about our growth and what we do is uh, when we we're going into a new phase here, right? Fern is the demarcation into a new phase. Uh, Amen. So I'm looking forward to it. It's very exciting. Well, thanks for coming by, Jim. Oh yeah, and have a great have a great weekend, everyone. Yeah. Chocolate. Uh, one, so go ahead and yeah. Come. You know, I just had one quick thing, just two quick comments. One, uh, also call me Foxy. I forgot to mention, I also took a blockchain course on that same website. So you can actually learn blockchain programming there as well. Um, uh, the second thing is another suggestion that came to mind when you were talking about that was we could also do retroactive. Uh, we can say like, okay, if you take these courses uh, and you can show us this, this, the certificates that you finish them and you start developing on Gridcoin, like we'll pay for those courses retroactively. That's um, actually a pretty cool idea. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, uh, that, uh, that would somewhat fix the, um, the issue of it might not pan out as an investment. Because I think honestly, a few hundred bucks for, for, uh, to train a developer on is a, probably a pretty good deal, assuming they actually end up developing and they're decent at it. But um, I mean, obviously, this is you know, you know right. those are, yeah, those so. assumptions are are the risk. And but the the idea you just had were retroactive pay after like okay, you uh, you learn to code, you learn blockchain, learn open source, then you come in and you code with the community for X or T time, and at that point you qualify for retroactive uh, repayment for everything it took to get you to this point. So that process uh, moves the risk from Gridcoin to the person learning to code. It's now up to them to actually go through the process, learn to code, and then stick around and actually contribute in a meaningful way. So that is, uh, I think that's more of a possibility. I would uh, think more about supporting that than uh, upfront funding. Um, all right. Yeah. I'll, um, maybe I'll, maybe I'll like just post something in like the, the Gridcoin channel or something asking people if, uh, asking people like how many, how many people in the community would be interested in something like that. Uh, and then obviously we need, we need a poll to approve it and so on and so forth. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it might happen. Yeah. And at like a, a foundational level, like that concept is actually really, really cool. Cause like building a network, you know, I'm all about like building these giant networks that do all this really cool magic stuff. So like, having a network that builds a scientific system and also teaches people to be scientists and coding is part of science. So teaching people to be a, a, a computer scientist and all this stuff that is, I think, part of the um, the soul searching we're going to have to do once Fern is released and that we're sort of starting now. What do we want to do with our protocol? How do we want to do it? And I think this is a very reasonable aspect of it, uh, teaching people, essentially. That's what we'd be doing. So, uh, you know, we can fund Boink projects, we can fund scientific research, we can fund uh, publishing, we can fund peer review or curation circles or streams, we can fund education, we can... Uh, and, and we can do whatever the hell we want. We have our own economy we're building. So uh, to wrap up here, that is 
what life after Fern is going to be like. There's those few technical things uh, that we know are pretty close to Fern, uh, MRC, and exploring the possibility of uh, rewarding for something like folding at home. Uh, but the majority of the work, um, you got, you heard, Jim, what they just did was monumental. So it's now up to the people who do not code to take the mantle and uh, use what they just did and get it out there, get it in front of people, see if we can't get people to come in and help uh, develop this thing, take the foundation that they just built and take it to the next level uh, and, and bring more core devs in to help these guys. Um, so if you've been waiting to help out now and, and you don't know how to code, you're not interested in coding, you are a humanities major, you're gonna be humanities through and through. Now is the time for the past couple, uh, <laughs> past year essentially, it's been a very technical challenge about getting to the point where we can move forward. Uh, and now we're there. So we're gonna have to have discussions about who we are, what we wanna do. And then we're gonna take those discussions. They might take months to have in, in that time, you know, there's technical stuff that folks will be working on, but it's not gonna be like another fern. Uh, but after we have those discussions, we then tie the technical aspect into them and say, is this possible? Is this difficult? Is this too difficult? Which will have a higher return sooner, which is better, you know, then we prioritize everything. But the first part is the part I love. We just get to talk, right? <laughs> we get to think and we get to talk. So come in, we do these discussions every Friday at uh, 3.30 and let's just figure out what we wanna do. Uh, otherwise, guys, it's been really fun. Uh, I've been reading you guys in the chat. We've got a good crew here. I hope to see uh, some folks next week, Friday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on the Gridcoin Discord server. Have a great weekend, everyone.